I'm John. And I'm Keith. And this is Flumadiddle. A somewhat reliable source of information for most things, Keith. Most things, John. Most things. Let me ask the audience right here, right now, if you could have one of the following superpowers, what would you want? All right, A, number one, being able to read large books in about an hour and remember every detail almost perfectly. Yep, I'll take that one already. All right, number two, being a human GPS, being able to give perfect directions between any two cities in the world. Yeah, yeah. first one. Number three. But that's still cool. Knowing what day of the week any date in history fell on. Nice party trick. Yeah. Or how about reciting Shakespearean words, verb, uh, works, verbatim. Verbatim. Ver, hey, there's a good word for the day. Verbatim. 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 That's or how about counting cards? You could actually make some money doing that. Oh, man. Yeah. You get thrown out of the, the old casinos for that one, Keith. That's right. So today, John, we're going to talk about a man who could do all of those things above. Plus, we're going to talk about how memory correlates to intelligence and how to improve your own personal memory, including some techniques that will help you remember things. And Keith, I'm going to hit a little bit on, too, on the confluence of memory and imagination. All right. So All right. first, let's talk about something the audience probably already remembers, and that is Widow's Link, right? Widow's the best Link. way now to donate is how, John? The best way now is to go to our website, doyouflummadiddle.com, and sign up for our premium Flummadiddle content. That's right. Which all of those proceeds for that first year will go to Widow's Link. Yeah. And by the way, Keith. And you get all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. So I you get that. to donate to the Widows. You get to hear all our extra content and our quizzes, I our situation excellence. Right. Original music. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of cool stuff. I've had fun recording that stuff, so I know you're going to have fun listening to it. Plus, um, I have a discount card for locals. For our local folks here in the Gadsden area. I am area. working on getting something that's nationwide for right. those who are not local that will try Keith, to be equivalent to that. So you're going to get something, though, for signing up. We, we are bad. We're nationwide. Bad to the bone. All right. I was thinking, you didn't know the one. You didn't catch mine, did you? No. It was a ZZ, ZZ Top reference. Oh, okay. I'm bad, Keith. I'm not I'm the music guy, man. That's all right. That's why you have me here, Keith. That's why I got you here. All right, Keith. So who who is this guy, Kim Peek? All right, so do you want me to tell him right away? I thought you said something about holding off on Oh, that, maybe man. we'll hold off. I don't know. Whatever you want to do, man. You're in charge right. of this thing. So right he now. was the Pardon inspiration me, by the way. for I a have certain... have a little bronchial stuff. He was the inspiration for a certain movie, John. Yes, he was. Do you want me to tell him the character of that movie? Go for it. Um, I believe his name was Babbitt. Raymond Babbitt. It's been so long since I've seen that movie, and he had a brother that drove him around, and those particular fellas in that movie would have been a Tom Cruise would have been the brother, yeah. and Dustin Hoffman would have been Mr. Babbitt. Yes, great, great movie known as Rain Man. So Rain Kim Peek was the inspiration for this movie, Rain Man. He's the one who had these a lot of these abilities. Um, so let's just go through some of his abilities. Um, but first, let me say this. The savant part of Raymond Babbitt, it's where most of the similarities stop. I mean, he was a savant, but Kim Peek did not actually struggle socially like he okay. did in the movie. Right. He, he was actually, they thought he had autism. Later on, they found out it wasn't even autism. Okay. And so, But he was a savant, and we'll tell you here in just a little bit why he had these great and amazing abilities. But let's go through them first, man. This is some of the right. cool things he could do. What could he do, Keith? All right, so I mentioned a lot of them. He read books incredibly fast by scanning the left page with his left eye while simultaneously scanning the right page with his right eye. That's wild, man. That, <laughs> that is, is some wild. freaky business right there, dude. He could read a large book in about an hour 
and recall the information indefinitely at 98% accuracy. That is I, That's just hard to believe, Keith. I just can't even hardly believe that. Yes. I know. Wouldn't that be so cool, man? You could learn anything in an hour and, and retain it. Well, what's so amazing about that, and we'll get into it later, is when I start talking about the correlation of memory and imagination, Yeah, I'll explain a little bit more about that later, but the way that works generally, the preciseness of his ability to retain and recall that's just not how memory and imagination usually works. That Obviously not. It's right, a very yeah. unique case, and that's just makes yes. it all the more wild that right. it's like that for him. And we'll tell you the reason why he was like this in a minute. He wasn't normal. We'll no, he was that. very yeah. abnormal, for His sure. His actual physiology was different. Oh, uh, okay. So right. we'll, uh, well, let's we'll carry go on. All right, I bet so, he had an extra-large neocortex and thalamus, but we'll see about that later, Keith. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, he probably did. All right, so he ingested between... <laughs> 10,000 and 12,000 books. I got different numbers. Some people said 10, some people said 9, some people said 12. But somewhere between 10,000 and 12,000 books in his life. And he only lived to 58 years old. So that's a lot of books in a little bit of time. That's a lot of books, man. Way more than average, Keith. Another thing is he had memorized most of the world's maps. And so he could give precise directions to any two cities in the world. All right. So he just memorized the maps and was basically a walking GPS. He could give you directions to anywhere in the world. But you can't get there except through Georgia. <laughs> I bet he wouldn't know that one because you can't get there from here. You can't here. get there from here. That's, that's one of our uh, lines from our favorite Shugs, you know, our yeah, unseen You can't get hero. there from here, man. We, anytime you ask Shugs for directions, he'll say, you can't get there from here. You can't get there from here. Right, Ken so, Pete uh, couldn't even get you there. Some, some other things he could do, he could, uh, through some complex calculations or memory i'm not sure which one but he could tell you what day of the week any date in history fell on um and some people think it was probably through memory because he could also tell you events that happened on that day as well but a lot of people think there's some kind of calculation that he was really good at doing right i don't i don't know which you can calculate like you know each year is one day back Mm mm-hmm but still, I thought the like figure, they might be some or is kind it of one day formula, forward. I forget, like but that. it's one day forward or one day back. If there's some kind of formula, though, I'd like to learn that just to do that as a party trick. Make people think I'm a savant and I'm not. I just learn the formula. You just learn cool, it, man. You know? But um, yeah, but he would tell you though too, like important things that happened on that day. So you could say, "What day of the week did my birthday fall on?" He'd be like, "Saturday," and also on that day, blah 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 blah. You know, it's pretty cool, right? All right, so right. Uh, like you said, definitely a cool party trick, anyway, right? Oh yeah, he had a. Uh, read a book on counting cards. Right. And so if you've seen the movie Rain Man, you see that, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, they, he gets him in there and he wins a bunch of money getting him to count cards, right? <laughs> and uh, they kick him out. And Kim wouldn't him do that. He actually would not. You're right. So he had read a book on counting cards and he probably had the abilities to do it. And the director of the movie Rain Man actually tried to get him to go into a casino and just try it and see what it was like so that they could kind of get a feel for it for directing his movie. And right. he wouldn't do it. He said that it would be unethical to do that with wow. his abilities. Well, that's so, pretty neat. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's see. Also, that last one, kind of another recite Shakespeare. Trick. Yeah. So he could like recite an entire Shakespearean work, you know, from. To be. Yeah, like all of Romeo and Juliet, just recite it word for word. All right. Pretty neat. Right on. That'd be a good party trick, too. All right, so. Gather around, little children, and let me tell you a story. Here's the thing, though. It's kind of a trade-off, right? Right. Man, you can't have 
a lot of power and your car and get good gas mileage. Can exactly. You? you just can't do both, Keith. There's always a trade-off. There's always a trade-off. So he did have some disabilities. Believe it or not, his IQ was around 87. Wow. Which is low average. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, he had trouble with motor skills. He didn't learn to walk until he, until he was about four years old, and then it was kind of a side gate walk for a while. Right. Um, he required help doing a lot of basic things, such as buttoning his shirt. His dad took care of him his whole life. So not his brother. No, not his brother. Yeah, <laughs> His dad took care of him. So, I got you. Um, so there's kind of a trade-off there. So that kind of leads into the next thing. Um, how was this? You, you automatically assume that memory has something to do with intelligence, but we're going to talk about that correlation here in a little bit. Right. That's part of what you studied, John. Let's do it. Um, this is how he did it, though. Like I said, his physiology was actually different than ours. He was a natural split brain person. So the connection between the right and left hemisphere of his brain wasn't there. And when this is done by procedure, it can cause a number of issues, especially personality issues, like even split personality. But since he was born this way, he didn't seem to have those kind of issues. But however, his motor skills were obviously affected. Um, He also had... Uh, macrocephaly is that how you pronounce that which is a large head and brain right and uh, his head and brain size though some people do think that even though uh, head size brain size doesn't necessarily convert to more intelligence it can however convert to more storage space yeah I wonder about that because I read about some of that that where you know some of the brain science stuff is certainly at this point not definitive Right, and there are those philosophically who are not sure about the, you know, the whole hard drive thing where this memory, there's some memory stored on some sector. Yes, that weird. there's an actual brain process going on by which you're reconstructing events in your past, but that your brain is not physically accessing a certain storage part of your brain. Right, which in that case it wouldn't matter if you had a big head, like you, Keith Clay. My head ain't that big. Oh. <laughs> I have a normal size head. Well. Were we ready to dive in a little bit of the, the intersection? In, so, right, the, so what the was of interest of to me is, and this kind of maybe, this is kind of an aside. It's not an aside. It's connected here with Kim. Because of his incredible memory, he almost had like this, a really computerized recall type thing. Yeah. So I want to kind of flip that over and kind of compare and contrast that with all of us normal folks who yeah. don't have that kind of thing. And so generally, we don't often think of imagination in terms of connecting with memory, right? But it does, Keith, because think about this. If I mentioned to you Keith Clay, I said your last name. Should I bleep that out, or do they know our last names already? Uh, We've sure just been John and Keith. All right. So thing about it is if I say, Keith, imagine, if you will, for a moment. See, there's the word imagine already. Imagine Think about all, all the, the people. people. So imagine you're six years old, Keith, and I want you to tell me about your bedroom when you're six years old. Okay, I know I had a NFL comforter that had As, all the teams of the NFL on it. Now, did that just flash by your brain in a ticker tape fashion, Keith? No, I'm imagining it. I had like a dark green wall that was way too dark. It looked cool when we were picking it out, <laughs> but it was But green. when it gets up there, well, that's my point, right? You know, this is not CNN, ESPN, football news type stuff where you got a ticker tape running across the bottom. If I ask you even now, recall for me, if you will, 
What's in your back seat? Oh, I had a a, a poster of Kathy Ireland too. All right, hey, that's not bad. Remember Kathy Speaking Ireland. of Ireland, there you go. There you go. A different Ireland, but still Ireland in the house. <laughs> so you get an image, right? Yeah. We process our memories with our imagination, or, or the functioning. That's what we're going to talk about. I'm not going to get into so much like brain chemistry type stuff, but let me just give you a couple definitions real quick. Okay. Memory, Keith. We're talking about a functional capacity here, your ability of your brain to retain and revive facts, events, or impressions, or recall or recognize previous experience. A mental or a memory, a mental impression retained and recollected. Imagination is the faculty by which we form mental images and concept of what is not actually present at that moment. All right, so there's some indication with MRI that whether you think you're exclusively calling on your memory or exclusively using your imagination for something, do you know the same parts of the brain light up, light up and have the same rates of blood flow no matter which you're huh. using? So there's definitely a correlation between imagination and memory. Very much so. Hmm. Some people think they're a function of the same thing. Others think, I don't necessarily think that. They are somehow very closely interrelated. Because yeah. to have a memory or to have recall, whether you're Kim Peek or me or you, your imagination forms that. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Some people think that your mind is not going back like a computer disk drive and picking up a memory from 1978 or 1987. No. But that your imagination is reconnecting with some vague impression of some experience yeah. that happened. Absolutely. I mean, like even when you say the word imagination, I see SpongeBob going, imagination, because I had to watch that crap right. with my kids when they were little. You know? So imagine this. So some people get the idea of imagination as a fictional thing. Now, certainly, we can use our imagination to construct and come up with things that we haven't personally experienced. But to imagine ourselves winning the lottery... Mm. or playing guitar at Madison Square Garden or whatever the thing is, we have to have some memory or some idea of what those things look like to start with. Yeah. And then our imagination can build and construct these events that haven't actually happened, which is where all our great books and artwork mm. and stuff comes from. interesting. So imagination, you know, you can like be successful in your mind even if you're not really successful in real life, and it's like almost as good. It no. might be happy. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. We'll have to dive a little deeper. <laughs> it's the direct that. correlation. Imagination right. and memory. Just imagine it's true. Man, I'm imagining I'm fabulous. I know. Which I am in real life anyway. But that's right. No. So that's the point I'm kind of making is that, yes, there is a function of the imagination, which is constructing things that aren't Yeah. by processing things that have been. But what we're talking about, memory, in terms of your imagination, is processing those past events and recollecting them in this moment. Right. Now, most of us do that in a very hazy way. If I think back about something I did, a vacation I went on when I was 12 years old to Destin, Florida, mm -hmm. I have like images and little fragments and little pieces of things. I, I picture this hotel and a beach and a crab and a pizza place. You know, right. I don't have a long streaming yeah. movie picture of that, yeah. but like this guy sounds like could recall almost with like video like clarity right of like what happened on this day or how he did this or how he did that and on a quick note i have listened to podcasts recently and read things recently um that photographic memory is not a real thing right 
like this guy was probably the closest to actually having a photographic memory in right. all of history. And uh, so don't go around saying you got a photographic memory. Right. Because it's just like makes you look like you don't know what you're talking about. Because you don't. Yeah. Because I had a good memory in school, I would say. That was the word I would use. I had a good recall ability. Right. Whatever that is. And I guess the thing that's interesting to me is memory and imagination has a lot to do with informing our identity. Now, like because of our spiritual beliefs, we don't believe that we're just a collection of our thoughts and memories. Right. But they certainly inform who we are and how we act and how we behave. Yeah, and I can see that. you get a little more humble as you get older. Well, your experiences form who you are, and being able to remember those things and how you remember those things is going to be a part of that, right? But you know what's interesting, though? A lot of people think you're no more than the sum of those experiences. But in our job, we come across people who maybe have some form of senile dementia or Alzheimer's. Right. And is that person not that person? Because of their current cognitive abilities, right? I understand. So there's and, a lot and of a lot of people rise above experiences as well, right? Know? Exactly. Very Which, much. Which I mean, so. I guess that still makes you part of those experiences. It is. Yeah. It certainly informs who yeah, you are. It, it informs, is not yeah. the sum total of who you are. But man, I, I've just barely scratched the surface. But one thing I have learned is this, Keith: hold those memories and those perceptions lightly. Yeah. Because if you think you perfectly remember a situation. You probably you don't. don't because guess what? There was an actual event that happened, mm-hmm. but because of the subjective person you are and your mood and the time and the place, even what you processed in that moment yeah. was not an exact representation of that moment. Yeah, it you, was your representation. You have biases of and, that moment, and stuff exactly. Like that, that's going to put a pers- perspective on that. Event. Exactly. Yeah. So the point is, when you recall a memory, you're not precisely recalling an event. Mm-hmm. You're recalling your experience in your that perception event. of that event of that event yeah. in that time absolutely so most of us do that in a very foggy hazy kind of manner whereas kim had the ability to do it with a clarity that yeah. is just not seen so weird so they, they believe too that he actually could store some the things he saw and experienced on with one eye on that side of the brain and the other things on the other side of the brain he had like two different storage capacities in his on brain. Side. So, so he's weird. just totally abnormal in every way. Yeah. So Keith, for that was just a little kind of philosophy of memory mm-hmm. type thing. But what you want to do is you want to hit up a little bit on how can we increase maybe, yeah. I don't even want to say memory, the word that keeps coming to my mind is how to increase our recall. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what yeah, you're we talking about. We don't want to leave the, the flummididdlers out there with just a history lesson or just a story about a cool guy. Right. We want you to be able to apply this to your life because memory is something that we use on a daily basis. Right, exactly. Right? And, and it's always helpful to be able to, to improve your memory. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily correlate to intelligence. We should do an episode on intelligence sometime. Because Man, is, that's a deep well, just like this memory. Is, when we started looking into memories, yeah. there was a thousand different directions. It is we a could deep go. well, but there's so many things that frustrate me about like, you know, we live in the South, and therefore our accents are different than those people in the North. Some people will make presumptions, like you said, but also people a lot of times correlate language to intelligence as well, and it's not necessarily the case, just like memory is not necessarily the case. Right. You get what I'm saying? So there's so much deeper into But now I would say language is more connected to, in my mind, just get, than memory. It is probably more Because you can hear people talk about some things. 
You but hear this person talking, that person talking. When you learn a new word, is that not kind of part of memory, though? You're learning that word, you're storing it in your mind, and then you use it and you repeat it more often. Really, probably a better language has to do with a better memory than it does better intelligence. You get what I'm saying? Well, maybe. It depends how you're putting those memories and those words together and what right. you're expressing with Like you said, it's a very complex thing. But we'll dig in that another day, Keith. Yeah, Tell that's us a, about That's another memory, podcast Keith. for another thing. But let's uh, give the Flumadiddlers some tips, some memory some techniques. Okay. So we all know the word mnemonics, right? Mnemonics. Mnemonics. It starts with an M. Bo- it rhymes with bubonics. Yeah, the M is silent, kind of like in pneumonia. The P is silent right. for some reason. P as in pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason in pneumonics, the M is silent. But anyway, so we have a bunch of different ones. Now, let me just tell you this. This is not an exhaustive list. They they have what they call uh, memory tournaments and stuff Man, they, like that. They have so many things. You know that, Keith. Yeah, they. They're everywhere. But like... There is a such thing as memory tournaments and stuff like that where people like try to compete with each other with their memories. And those guys have all kind of different techniques that are not very common. You know what I mean? But these Man, are some common ones, and these are some good ones. My brain is bigger than your brain. But this is not exhaustive. So if you want to find out more, this is just kind of a taste. Go study and get some more. But All right, so we all know um, acronyms, right? Yeah. That's a pretty common mnemonic. Right. So what's an acronym, Jim? Um, an acronym is when the first letter of the word right. stands for something to help you memorize something. Like I think of the musical staff. Every good boy does fine. Well, that's not. That's actually an acrostic. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> an acronym would be like if I said. Well, look, Keith. Can I say something? Yeah. I'm your somewhat reliable source of information. Yeah. I'm not entirely reliable. Let's just say I wanted to remember that we're having a. Uh, singing party on new year's i might remi- remember the acronym john jingle on new year's right okay j-o-n right all right so like when you have a whole word though that the first letter of that word represents something okay else, so i got it just acrostic. backwards yeah okay so an acrostic would be kind of like one you said i use something similar to remember guitar chords um, or the strings the guitar strings yeah not chords the strings from low to high eat a dead goat before easter Eat a dead goat before Easter. So each one represents something. Yeah, that's it. So, or how about uh, my very earnest mother just was it? (laughs) I can't remember now. My very earnest mother just brought us. Is that it? I don't know. The planets. The planets. Oh, I don't know, man. Just just... made us pizza. That's it. All right. Our very earnest mother (laughs) just made us pizza. Yeah. Just. Didn't they take? Didn't they take Pluto out a couple of yeah, times and put it back? It's still in a planet. Jay. I don't even think that's right. My very <laughs> earnest mother just. <coughs> Y'all excuse me. What's I've after had a Jupiter? Bronchi- <coughs> bronchial. <coughs> What's after Jupiter? Oh, you don't want to. Probably Uranus. <laughs> is it Uranus? <laughs> I don't know. You asked me, man. I'm sorry. Look, Uranus is a planet. I don't care what they say. I don't always care. was. Always is. There you go. <laughs> All right. No. So um, anyway, so we got acronyms, acrostics. You got rhymes. Rhymes. You yeah. ever use rhymes to remember things? I have. I don't have one right you off the top. You don't have one right off the okay. Don't make me bust a rhyme freestyle right here on the <laughs> mic, man. Come on. So here's some other ones though that are less uh, known. The story te- the storytelling technique. So make a story to remember a list of things. So like an example of that, well say you wanted to re- remember the list of like the scientific, you know, classifications. Yeah. Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, uh, genus, genus and species. And species. Yeah. So um you might say something like, uh, in the kingdom, phylum is a matter of class, but order is a matter for family. And gen- genius, what is it? Genius. Genus. 
It's not genius. Genus. You. <laughs> I, it's, it's spelled not, wrong in this thing. Okay. Genus. Genus. And genus <laughs> lies in species. Let's say, let's say it again since I screwed it up. In the kingdom, phylum is a matter of class, but order is a matter for family, and genus lies in species. So you would remember that, and that would help you remember that list, right? Gotcha. Okay. So that is a storytelling thing. It's like a sentence or something like that. Chunking is something that we use. Chunking. Yeah. Chunking. <laughs> Chunk I don't know. That makes me laugh. Up, up chunking. Up chunking. So like we do that all the time. If you think about it, phone numbers are chunked, right? Yeah. It would be hard to remember a nine-digit phone number, right? Right. But is it nine? Yeah. Or is it ten? Ten. Nine. Ten. Ten-digit phone number. Six, ten. Yeah. It's ten. See, again, somewhat See? reliable. I know. <laughs> we can't remember that. So it would be hard to remember a ten-digit phone number, but like when you do it a certain way, two, five, six, five, 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 one, five, five, you know? Right. You won't. You don't say two five, five six five, five 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 one five 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 five. You know you, we don't. We say it a certain way because we've chunked it in that way. To yeah, help you us do remember. credit card stuff like that sometimes. I mm-hmm. finally got my four know, digits at a time. Yeah, four four four. Chunk it. Yeah, forty four forty four. You know, or and you know sometimes I five five five. Sometimes five, my five, wife it, five, it five. amazes her how I remember numbers, but that's how I do it. I use chunking a lot to remember numbers. Yeah. So like if you wanted to remember, well I'm a chunker and I didn't even know it, man. Yeah, people do it all the time. It's pretty common. So. um Another one is space spacing, or what might be called space repetition. Yeah. So this is just a repetition technique. It has to do with moving things from your short-term memory to your long-term memory and uh, what they call the forgetting curve. They have a curve on how fast you forget things. Yeah, there, I read a thing like if I give you the old, like, here's 10 words, Keith, you mm-hmm. know, apple, honey, crisp, raisin, whatever, and go through that, and I ask you directly back. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to do pretty good at that. Right. Maybe you get eight, or eight to ten of them right. But we go on talking, and then I stop the conversation five to seven minutes later and ask you those same ten words again. Yeah. Boom. That's right. They're going to be gone. So like, what you do is you know that. You know, you, you look at this forgetting curve, and you see about how fast your average person is going to lose this information. Right. What well, those intervals, you remind yourself. So you remember, like, you set an alarm and you, you go over them again at this point and then this point. And okay. then, like, as you do it a few times, you can make those spaces longer. I got you. You know, like, to start with, it needs to be every few minutes, but then, like, you can go to a couple of days and then a week, but then, uh, uh, you know, eventually it's in your long-term memory. You're going to remember it indefinitely. You know? See, that would be really handy as a songwriter and somebody who sings. Mm-hmm. One of the problems with the kind of music I've done a lot over the last few years in worship music is, as a guitar player, I just show up, somebody throws a chord sheet at you, and says, all right, man, this is in the key of D, or this is in E minor. Yeah. And you just listen and play. Right. But if you're doing your own music or your band's playing out, you know, and they've got a repertoire of 40 or 50 songs they're playing, you have to memorize those songs. Right. And play them back. Like, like that's great exercise for the yeah. mind. And that's why I wanted to give this list, because, like, everybody probably has something they have to remember somewhere in their life. You know, right. like we, we use technology so much today that we don't have to as often as we used to have to, which is probably not a good thing. It's probably a better brain exercise to start remembering things, you know what I right. mean? Right. But um, Put it know, to a beat and a, and a melody and you'll really remember it. Even with technology, it's like you're talking about with music and I do the, the skits for kids on Wednesday nights. I have to remember the script, right? Right. And I can't use technology for that. Well, actually I do. We have them on the, <laughs> we have them on the screen. But I don't like to rely on the screen, on the no, teleprompter because man. it's out half the time. You know, not half the time. It's more reliable that, but sometimes 40% it's out. Of the time it's out. Yeah. 75%. But that one time that I didn't remember lines, it's going to be out, you know? So. But anyway, um, another one is um, 
the Loki method or memory palaces. Yeah, that thing, that memory palace thing is just like a little too much to me. I don't but know. I'd like to give it a shot anyway. I haven't really tried it. So it's basically know. this idea where you construct this palace or this this dwelling place or this building, right? But it needs to be something familiar, like your own house. Okay, and then you place like. objects in the room. Right. In your mind. So maybe in the back room, especially music, I place all the music equipment, and I remember these five pieces of equipment. Right. But but there's a list of things you need to do first before you start doing that. First of all, you need to choose a palace, like your your home or whatever. But then you need to really get familiar with it and list distinctive features that you want to be in your mind. Because you're not going to remember everything about your house, right? Not every detail. Show link, Keith. But you've got to remember certain details so that you can associate things you want to remember with those right but the thing is right. it's consistency not accuracy so i might remember that there's a table in the corner of the studio right right but i may not remember that there's a record player right beside it but i just need to remember that that table every single time consistently right. i don't i don't need to ever put the record player in there if i'm not going to the first time so be consistent with that, and then as you want to remember something, you just associate those items in your palace. So, like later on, I put something on that table. Now, in all of these tips, that's the last one we got here. All these tips to enhance the effectiveness of them use emotion. We right. remember things more if it creates an emotional response, right? So, in other words, fear. Um, let me let me give you an example, man. You ever had an inappropriate dream with somebody that you're not attracted to? Probably, yeah, sure. So I'm sure we probably all have, right? Yeah. That's the one thing that's going to like haunt you for the next two weeks. Why? Because it, it induced an emotional response. It was gross. You know, it was right. disgusting. You're like, and you can't get it out of your head. But that's why. Because you didn't want to have that dream. It just right. happened, right? <laughs> and so like that that had an emotional response to it. So actually they say, some of these people I was listening to that do these competitions and stuff, they will do something very like grotesque to remember somebody. Like, when they're remembering somebody's name, they might like see his head get cut off or something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh, just these crazy. crazy. Things. I know it sounds absurd, I know, but, but that's why that. they remember it. Oh, yeah. I remember when Bob got that screwdriver shoved through his eyeball. Hey, Bob. Yeah. So his <laughs> his his name might be like Bob I Smith or something. You know, you want to remember the word I, and so you see the screwdriver in his eye. And, oh my gosh, you're going to remember it, right? Oh that's my just gosh, disgusting. Dude. Now you know me. I'm a very I have a very well, this strong one guy, imagination. Yeah, but this one guy I was listening to, it seemed like violence was the thing that... that <laughs> actually, John, because you're kind of like you call yourself a softy, probably yeah. violence would be one that you remember a lot because it's going to evoke an emotion to right. you that you don't... It's an uncomfortable thing. Right. You don't like it, but that's why you'll remember it. Right. So the only thing I want to add on to this, John, is just in closing... What's weird about this is when I use one of these devices, yeah. I feel like I haven't remembered it. You know what I mean? It's like I can recall the information, but it's like it's cheating almost. You know what I mean? It's unethical, Keith. I don't know if you, you should you do You get it. what I'm saying, though? You get what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? It's like I had to go through the system in my mind to, to get it, so it's almost like I feel like it ain't stored. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's weird, ain't it? Strange, man. Yeah. All right, Keith. That's it. All right, hey, I encourage everybody to do this. Pick a good memory. Yeah. Any good memory from your childhood, from getting married, your kids, whatever. Pick a good memory. If you have any rough times this week, man, we talked about grief and memories. You know, you can actively think upon certain things or actively recall, actively recall or imagine certain things to replace unpleasant thoughts in your mind. Yeah. So if you'd like to replace any unpleasant thoughts in your mind, 
get a good recalled imagination in your brain of something that brought you great joy in your life and start thinking on that and daydreaming on that this way. Yeah, absolutely. And All the right, and the planet after um, Jupiter is Saturn. It's my very earnest mother just sold us nine pieces. Okay, right on. Saturn, there so, you go. See, my memory, my memory kicked in. And he also, it. apple, honey, crisp, raisins, boom, just saying. Apple, honey, crisp. I don't even know what I said. That's what you said. All right. You probably did something right then, like, okay, I'm going to remember them. I did. I made it a point to remember it so I could be cool at the end of the podcast. You're you're awesome, Keith. Doyouflumdiddle.com, at Doyouflumdiddle on Facebook. Premium content, widows, we love you. Yep. Peace out. God bless Ireland. (laughs) Peace out.